0: We're planning on starting an actual play in the near future, but that means changing the way we play D&D. We'll be running the game Theater of the Mind style with no visual aids. How is that different from running the game with maps, miniatures, and other physical props? Does it make the game more engaging? Is it better or worse than the other alternatives? We'll be discussing today on Dungeons & Tangents. Okay, so this Saturday, we're going to be playing D&D. Yes, true. And that's the first time in quite a while. And because we're kind of getting ready for running an actual play, um, and hell, I don't know, like we're going to test out recording ourselves, and I'm going to test out some new techniques, well, relatively new to me, which is running D&D without maps or minis, doing it all Theater of the Mind style. So I figured we should do an episode on... Running D&D, Theater of the Mind style. Okay. And go. That was your question? No, that's not a question. It's just like, th- that's the discussion topic for today.
1: You, f- you flat out said, <laughs> I-, I have questions, Robert. I do have I questions. I a question, and then you opened up, and you just tossed to me with no questions. Yep. If this is how the whole Theater of the Mind game is going to go, I-, I have concerns. Like- that is
0: how D&D works. The DM just says, and go.
1: Saturday is going to be awesome.
0: <laughs> so my first question is, how is it different? I mean, we can both answer that question.
1: Um, well, it's fundamentally different in that you you have less literal representation in front of you, right? Like you don't have yeah. an actual uh, representation of, of where things are at in reference to other things, all of that kind of stuff. And I think... W- we wanted to do that because having that kind of information that's out in front of us is what you might call assumed information. In that we all see it, mm-hmm. and that does not a damn thing to help somebody listening to what's right. happening, right? <laughs> right. And so by not having that, it forces you to vocalize and project what what's happening and help build this image. In your head of what's the, what the narrative is, what's what's going on, what the actions are, what the landscape is, and that is the whole reason to listen to something like that is to right. get that information and to build that story in your head. Which you, it's not easy or even pleasant to do when people are acting off a bunch of information that you're not privy to.
0: Right. I'm I'm struggling with this not a lot, but I'm struggling with it a little bit. I did uh, I did a one shot. One-on-one game, like a month ago or so, with a friend, and uh, I did it at theater of the mind style intentionally, kind of prepping for this. Mm-hmm. And it was—I uh, was very nervous about it beforehand because I was like, "Well, I need to really know my environment well. I need to know what's going to happen. Well, I need—I need to know how to describe things, and all sorts of things. I need to know how to describe people." and, uh, locations and the, the, um, like relative distance from one place to another. Mm-hmm. And it was like, ah, I did, I, how, how do I cram all of this into my head? And the funny thing is I realized that I can still, as the DM, I can still use all the tools that I would normally share with you guys. I can have maps. I can have pictures. I can have... Uh, minis if I really want to that can, and I can build the game behind the screen and not tell you guys not show you guys behind the screen I probably won't use minis but I will almost certainly have maps and I'll have pictures of characters and when you say, hey what does this person look like, I'll be like looking at that picture and saying, well he's got this weird scraggly beard it's uh, pretty orange hair he's wearing a purple cloak and uh." uh an orange tunic, and he obviously has no fashion sense.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You made a really good point a little bit earlier today about what it gives you and what it doesn't give you in that if, like, let's say the Lost Minds of Handelver, right? Do you remember that random encounter that we did where you guys were going from one place to another, doing overland travel. It was a random encounter. I rolled it. And uh, I'm sure I got this huge smile on my face because everybody was like, oh, no, what's happening now? And I put a mini mini on the map. Yeah. And at least two of you were at me like, owlbear. Right. Right? Um, And that robbed you a little bit of the experience of... You hear crashing coming through the forest, and it's getting closer and closer. Yeah, something comes through the brush, and it looks like you know a mixture between this and this, and and you don't know what it is. The second you say "albert," you've been playing for a while. A bunch of stats pop in your head, and all of a sudden, all you see are numbers, right? As opposed to building an encounter, building anticipation, and building this perception—not with what you know, but with what you don't know. Yeah. And that adds a great deal to that experience.
0: I remember, I specifically remember in that session, you put down the owlbear and I was like, oh, it's an owlbear. I've never dealt with an owlbear before. I don't know anything about it. But then you said, you hear a crashing in the forest. You hear something, but you're not sure what it is. And I'm like, oh, now I've got a retcon. It's not an owlbear yet. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to force myself Kind of out of the fact that I just got some information I shouldn't yet have. And
1: I was so excited because I finally got to use that damn Allen Bear mini <laughs> that I'd gotten months before and never had an opportunity for. I'd gone out to Rainy Day and I got uh minis for everything that was in that random encounter table. Oh, right. Um, and I was really excited because the Allen Bear was what I was going to kill that party with. <laughs> um and that's not how that went down. No. Uh, I was real disappointed in how that went down. But, uh, yeah, it, was, it, it, it could have been a much more memorable interaction if you had known less. Yeah. And it, and it would have forced me to describe more. Yeah. Instead of just plopping down a fig and, then, like, <laughs> it's well, and 60 I, feet away. You know?
0: I know I've done that before. Like, just throwing out the minis and saying, look, it's a bunch of goblins. Mm. Deal with them. And and that's it. It now it's become the same thing as a video game. It's no longer mm-hmm. a story. It's just a bunch of creatures you got to kill, and you know how to kill them. You roll some dice. You kill them. Done.
1: And the most memorable moment you have, I think, from the game that I ran was the encounter where I told you as little as possible. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. that night ambush with Droop, right? Yeah. I specifically withheld key information because it was dark all that and intentionally misled you as much as possible. And I didn't tell you, th- I didn't say anything that was wrong, but I withheld things and I, I just made sure there was gaps in information. And I let everybody in the group fill it in with their own imaginations.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I was just going to say, I felt like my imagination was more a part of that uh, experience than practically any other Game of DND and well not any other game of D and D I've played, but any other that was involved in that campaign.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, and so I think that's a, a big part of the game that you get with a theater of the mind campaign. Yeah, you get richer engagement from your players, from anybody who's listening or watching. You get to control the narrative more when you're running that's the true. game, um, and you. you you don't have to bring a shit ton of minis to every session.
0: <laughs> also. Right. Uh, that one of my questions was going to be, and we'll get to it in a second, <laughs> is it faster? And the answer is, well, yes. It actually
1: I don't know. Is, is it? Huh. Because you have to spend more time... Describing things. ...drawing out that experience and, and, and pulling it out of your players, right? Because they're going to have questions. There's going It's going to be more iterative process of them asking questions and you describing, correcting perception, and illustrating what it is that you have in your head. Um, but you're not going to have to wait for people to go out and, and grab snacks or have a smoke break while you draw out a map or dig yeah. through for the right minutes. So I'm, it might even out.
0: I might have to schedule stops in the game. In fact, I probably will schedule stops in the game because there won't be natural stops.
1: Yeah, and I think those stops help. Yeah. Um, <coughs> they can be a little disruptive, but it can be a little, I don't want to say tedious, it can be tiring to, to keep going and not have those stops. Well, yeah, and it's yeah. nice to, when you have certain break points in there, you come into that next arc f- fresh.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I want to roll back into how it's different. Um, So, the last time I played, I said it was a one-on-one. The player I was playing with, she was... uh, Essentially, she was a hired assassin. So, she was hired to go kill the head of an orc tribe. Okay. Um, Obviously, that's racist. (laughs) There's there's a lot of orc hating in the world of D&D.
1: Okay, was the reason why they were supposed to assassinate the head of that orc tribe was because they were orcs? Or? There could no, have been a valid
0: reason. For there was it. a valid reason. Okay, at least she was given a valid reason.
1: Okay,
0: I, I yeah. Anyway, anyway, regardless. So she was uh, she was hired to kill the head of an orc tribe. To and it doesn't really matter the details of why she ends up at. The entryway to, that, to the tent where this uh, orc chieftain lives, in the middle of the night, she looks in, and she sees nothing. Nobody's there. Okay. It's empty. She walks in. She sees there, there are two beds, and at the foot and the head of both of those beds, there are trunks, uh, like chests. Right. And she starts fiddling around with the chests, I'm like, one of them's locked. She's like, I'm gonna to go to the one that's locked. I'm gonna check all of them. And then the one that's locked, I'm gonna to try to pick the lock. I'm like, okay. You can't unlock it. And then like I make a roll, and I'm like, you hear some rustling outside. And she's like, oh shit. And I I tell her to make a stealth check. She makes a stealth check. She fails it. She doesn't know that, but I <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And and I say and and she says shit she run or sorry see sorry let me back up she heard the sound ran under the bed failed her stealth check running under the bed and the a young orc comes into the room and she's staring at him and he's like looking around the room trying to figure out what's going on and looking for the noise And then he bends down and sees her. Now, none of this is helped by a map or a mini. Not really. Correct, yeah. Like, that entire experience thus far would be detracted if I had just put a miniature outside of a tent, and then her miniature is, like, lying down where I'd drawn a bed. It would be be functional, but it wouldn't be all that exciting.
1: Just now you retelling that I was imagining that in my head Mm -hmm. and I would not have done that if you had minis out right I was like there's a mini okay and then it'd be cool if I had a mini that hasn't been never looking over bed but it's not really practical I understand that you know (laughs) Um, but all I did was imagine it and try to I was very engaged in that story while you were telling it
0: and then here's here's something that happened you can't get out of maps and minis out of any sort of mechanism he looks right at her he sees her. His eyes go wide. And she jumps out from under the bed, grabs him, throws him against the bed. Now obviously there's some rolls that happen there. Um he pulls a knife out, swipes at her, misses. She um what was it? She knocked him down. For some reason she had to flip the bed over. Anyway, so all like a bunch of stuff happened in very quick succession. And it ends up there's He's dead on the ground. The bed is flipped over. And now she's in the tent alone with a young orc bleeding out. And she's like, well, I'm going to continue trying to pick this lock. (laughs) And and it it painted this very vivid picture. uh, And I didn't, like, as a DM, I was forced to describe it all. And it felt more like... Walking through uh, the experience of, of writing like a movie or a TV show, an action sequence from something like that, rather than, okay, roll your die, move your mini, it, rather than like playing chess yeah, or strategio or something.
1: And it can also force a feeling of engagement because you don't know what all your options are. So you have yeah. to start asking questions. And when you ask questions, you start... You know, visualizing that more in your head and all that, as opposed to if I just look at a, a, you know, a 20 by 20 grid and it's got some stuff sketched out on it, I can look at it at a glance and know what a lot of my options are, and I can start to assume what well, my, my paths I can take, and I don't ask questions at that point. Yeah. Uh... And then I don't see a bed. I don't see a tent. No. I don't see a table. I don't see a tent flap where people are coming in and out. I just see lines on a grid map.
0: Yeah and and the thing is i had to improvise a lot more uh and maybe that's because she felt free to do all mm-hmm. sorts of things like there weren't bounds to the map there wasn't an edge of the map she could go anywhere she wanted first thing i told her uh bef- like i told her uh you got to go kill this this work guy and she asked the NPC well where can I find him I'm like well there's and I I was like oh shit I hadn't thought about this where is she going to find him <laughs> well I thought about it a little bit and I'm like well you're probably going to find him down at the uh, at the gambling hall and she's like but where does he live I'm like oh fuck I don't, um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you bring he, up a really good point about there being no edge of the map there's two things first of all how many times have you Rolled out your map, busted out the the wet erase markers, and start drawing it. And you're like, I gotta draw this perfect. And you <laughs> start looking at your map and looking at the the battle mat, looking at your map, and the, and then you you know pull out a paper towel and you erase something because you mess it up and then redo yeah. it. You know, and then the second thing is, how many times have you done this or you've seen like me do it, where I will bust out that same battle mat. And I will start looking at it, and I'll look at my map, and I'll start looking at it, and I'll start looking at my map. And I'm trying to figure out where I need to start so that I can fit as much as possible onto the map. Oh, yeah. And the second I draw on that map, I have told you things about that dungeon. Right, right. I've given you a sense of, because you've seen me so carefully try to center things, I've given you a sense of scope of that entire thing. So you may not know how big it is. Like it might be three rooms, and that's it. But you got a pretty—you're pretty certain that it doesn't loop back and come off that map, right? Right. Especially if I have a—if uh, I have an entrance and I put it towards inside the map a little bit. Okay. Well, why do you do that? Somewhere at some point, it must loop back and right. come <laughs> past that entrance, right? Right. You're—you're. You're, there's a lot of information there that you can't not convey.
0: That's. Bothered me. Every time I've drawn on a map I've, and I'm drawing a large structure, I'm like, oh crap, you already know mm-hmm. this is the scope of this particular bit I've of play. These
1: badass, uh they look like wet erase, but they're like puzzle pieces. And oh, yeah, like they big. Yeah. And then s- I just start slapping them down, and you would have no clue where things are going, right? Yeah. And they did not fit together well at all. I was oh. so disappointed. <laughs> the edges were coming up and, like, um, separating, you know. Oh, and that's, I, yeah. felt I was I was so excited using these things, and, and you would have no clue what was going to happen next. It felt a lot like that very cool stuff you put together for that. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the fortress, right? Yeah. Where it was I, modular. I, pre-laminated
0: a bunch of pieces. I pre-drew and laminated a bunch of pieces of papers, But that was <clears throat> mechanically an element of that. It was that also dungeon.
1: way higher quality than the shit that I bought, <laughs> just physically. <like>, oh, <laughs> it was. You was, did a better job than the company that I bought those tiles from.
0: All I did was buy some uh, one-inch grid, uh, uh, it was like butcher paper, not butcher paper. Um,
1: Construction paper or graph eh, paper?
0: It's like you you put it up in a conference room and draw on it, only it had a grid. White paper, white, yeah, white I board,
1: white—I don't know. I don't know. I'm just—I'm just, I'm just so f- thinking of words and smushing them together now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, it was paper, one inch grid, and it was big, 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 like I think uh, 20 inch by like 36 yeah. inch. Um, and I just chopped it out, laminated it, done. I mean, obviously, I drew on the paper to right. uh, give you a scope of what each room was like, and then cut it out, laminated it, done. And I spent way too much time on it. I hope I use that stuff again, but if I switch to theater of the mind, I might not.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think the big part of it, too, is that just because you do something in theater of the mind doesn't mean you can't switch to a different mechanic when it it adds to things and all that. That's true. Like that, we had zero concept of the scope of that fortress. Even better, we had an absolute... Concept, the scope of that fortress when we first went there.
0: That's right. And we
1: got like four rooms in before we found out we were totally wrong. Oh, uh, we, really? Yeah, because you just started adding them in there, right? Oh, right. And then we doubled back to one point, and you pulled that the piece off and put right. it, it on there. <laughs> and we're like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> we assumed something, and we've talked about this before. I never have as much fun playing D&D as I do when I'm being tricked. Right. That's when I have the most fun.
0: Which seems to be my MO as a DM. Like, I am always trying to figure out, how can I trick them? How can I trick them?
1: Because the moment I feel like I've started to figure everything out, I immediately become disengaged. I'm not right. having fun. It's Like, why should I keep playing? I've got it all figured out. But when I think I've got everything figured out, and then all of a sudden something happens that completely changes my perception and, I, and it does it in a way that specifically says, Robert, you had it wrong. And you <laughs> had it wrong because I wanted you to have it wrong. Um, I get super engaged. I'm like, oh, I got tricked and this is what they wanted. This is the, the journey they, this person wanted me to take and and I fell for it. hook, line, and sinker. Like, I, I'm, I'm having so much fun in that moment.
0: Crap, I don't think, so I mentioned earlier we we're playing on Saturday. I don't think I've, damn, I shouldn't tell you this, but I don't think I've built <laughs> any big uh, uh, M. Night Shyamalan twists into It's okay.
1: I have this a game. suspicious nature, so I'm just going to assume that you're telling me that to trick me right now. And oh. you're, you're playing like a long con.
0: Sure, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I've, I've, I think I've only asked two questions, but we've really only answered one. I asked the question, uh, you know, what's different about running a game in theater of the mind, and the second question was, is it faster?
1: We've answered both. Yeah, was it faster? I think it could be faster, it could be slower, but it has the potential to even out because there are certain aspects that are faster. There's less physical prep, there's less things to acquire, but there's more back and forth in trying to establish that perception of what's going on.
0: Which I appreciate, actually, because that means the players are more engaged.
1: Well, every interaction is increasing their engagement and right. increasing their uh, imagination and their investment in, in what's happening in that encounter.
0: And they're, in a way, um, d and a lot of d d is about... The players engaging with the DM's imagination in order to understand what the underlying story is. Um, and if you're engaging with me directly rather than through a map and minis, then it's a little more—it's more, more personal. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, is it more engaging? Was one of my questions. So we're effectively Absolutely, answering. Yeah. That. So you, you really think it is more?
1: Well, I should—I think it has the potential to be. I think it's like anything else; depends on how you use it. Uh, it depends on the players it depends on the the chemistry at the table and, That's and fair. to be perfectly clear, we very much so enjoy maps minis
0: oh yeah no yeah. I love them yeah i I and i I think I love them because I communicate visually mm. I'm very good at communicating visually and I very much enjoy being communicated to visually so when when I'm now trying to remove all visual aids from my communication uh, palette, it's, um, it's a little—it it caused me a little anxiety. Not, not a lot of anxiety, but I'm, like, unsure if I'll be able to do it.
1: Well, there's also the—it could be like anything else, that they're good when you use them to facilitate and enhance what you're doing— and they're bad when you rely on them.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there have definitely been times, uh, I think when we were running, or I was running um, Sunless Citadel, uh, I would just draw things on the map and I'd throw minis down and it'd be like, "Gonna yeah, kill them. Mm-hmm. Like that was but my mentality, my, your, my attitude.
1: The, the thing that you put down that piece of cardboard that represented the different, like the switchbacks going down there. Oh, yeah. That was really cool. Right. I think one of the things that I do the most that is bad is I don't appreciate the difference of when it's enhancing things and when I'm relying on it. As a DM or a player? As a DM. Oh, okay. I just do it because that's how we're doing that game. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. And so the second we're going to do any kind of initiative or we're going to do any kind of planning, there's got to be a map, a grid, and minis. When... I think there's probably a very effective and very valuable hybrid of the two.
0: I'll be be interested to see, as we get into actually running an actual play, if we can introduce visual aids, and if we do, um, how that translates to audio. Like, if I could add a map and then have uh, the players describe what they see, Mm-hmm. or have me describe what they see, what I see. Um, I don't know. I'm going to start out just theater than mine mind though, because I think that will work best for, I don't know. I just, it's, it's like an experiment. Everything's an experiment. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. <clears throat> so one of the questions I touched on earlier, but I want to like actually ask the question out loud, which is, uh, can you improvise more when doing Theater of the Mind, both as a DM and a player? And I kind of proved uh, when I was playing with my last game that the player I was playing with, she improvised a lot. She was asking me questions that I wasn't expecting. I don't know if that's because that was, it was literally her first time playing D&D. So that could have something to do with it.
1: Yes and no. As a DM... I think you definitely can. And as a DM and a player on a, a, a one-on-one scenario like that, I think you can as well. One thing that we haven't touched on is that one of the, the biggest advantages to using maps and minis is that if you're running a game and you have four players, let's say, and you draw out... Well, let's just say we're doing through of the Mind. You've got four players and you describe a room... They just imagined four very different rooms. Right. It doesn't matter if it's the simplest description of a room, they did not imagine the same room. Yeah. Right? They've got different things on their heads. They some people may be paying attention more than others, some may have a, a better ability to you know that that, that spatial uh, yeah, recognition to visualize... to visualize that, you know. Um, but when you have a map and you draw it out all 4 your players immediately are synced up to what it is that they're dealing with. That is true. And so and when there's a map in mini and you have multiple players, I think they're better able to improvise because they have this immediate source of truth as far as what the landscape looks like. And they have all of this knowledge that just, just happens for them. And they can key off of each other without having to um, reconcile each all four rooms Mm -hmm. right there's one room and so they can operate off that one piece of accurate true information as opposed to four different perceptions of what that encounter looks like and then there's a bunch of miscues because they yeah they they think something's happening and then they all have a slightly different version of what's happening
0: i look forward to that misunderstanding when it happens because i'm sure it will
1: i i think that that those misunderstandings handled properly are an opportunity for even more engagement.
0: Hmm, that's fair. I mean, like, uh, so on this Saturday, it's, uh, I'm running the game and it's just going to be three players. Mm-hmm. You, Ben, Michelle. You and Ben have worked together for six years, five years?
1: Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's probably close to seven at this point.
0: Oh, holy crap. Has Ben really been here this long?
1: I'm coming up on nine.
0: Oh, Come holy out. crap. Okay, that could be, are. yeah. Oh, yeah. Blah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, and Michelle, you've met Michelle once. once. Ben's never met her, uh, and I've known her for a year and a half now. Uh, yeah, a year and a half. Um. So I know how she thinks, but you guys don't. So this will be, I think, an interesting experiment in like getting people together who don't necessarily have exactly the same thought processes or context mm-hmm. and seeing how they work together.
1: And Ben, I feel like he has more experience with how I play than I have with what he how he plays because he plays a lot outside of our groups. Yeah, he does. And I've only played in our groups, and he's, and he's played with us, and so he's got he has a lot more visibility in how I play than I do not. Cause he has played a lot of different characters. Ben is excellent at role playing and yeah. really distancing himself from that character. Like it's like, yeah, who Ben is and how he behaves and how his character behaves. Complete, night and day. Like, right. You, you cannot assume that you know how <laughs> Ben's going to play something because he loves to change it up. Yeah. Um, as like I might default into just whatever is tactically most efficient and ah. push forward, and Ben knows that about me, right? So um, I'm really looking forward to playing with Ben because I know Ben well, and I know that that does not mean I have any concept of what his gameplay is going to be like. He's right. going to come there and have fun, and I think we're all going to have fun because of what he does. And I'm looking forward to playing with Michelle because I don't know her, and so I have no concept <laughs> of how she's going to play, so that's going to be exciting too, right? Right. And I think that's a very intimidating dynamic with four or five players. I think three players for that kind of a, a situation is perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah. I intended, uh, kind of intentionally, kept it to a small group. All three of you are introverts. I'm an extrovert, yeah. so I'm going to dominate the conversation. <laughs> but that's how a DM works anyway.
1: It, it, it might be four hours of yes, no, You sure. <laughs> left
0: <laughs> oh that would be my nightmare <laughs> <laughs> i
1: don't know i might have to get ready together and tell them that just for that first 10 minutes just to fuck with you as you're sitting there and you're looking at all these microphones like oh, we're recording
0: crap right we're now. we're recording silence yeah <laughs> it's fun it's, it's great um
1: uh just to <clears> sweat <throat> a little bit
0: so michelle i played a one-on-one game with her like, two months ago. Not not the same as the one I've been talking about in this podcast. Um, and it was her first game. And... <coughs> and she... It felt very natural. Like, it felt like she got it fast. Um, and like most people who are new, she's not, like, deep into the mechanics. <laughs> she was more into... Um, kind of poking at the edges of the curtain, like, yeah. wait, how, how big is this world? Um, and I'm not sure that I gave her a good full scope in that one game. It was like a two-hour sit-down, and she did saw about four or five rooms worth of dungeon. I, I don't
1: think you should. What do you mean? Give them a full scope. I think if well, you give that's... somebody that full scope in the first game, they're not going to want to play again.
0: <laughs> well, And I don't think it's possible.
1: Well, that too, but that that poking on the edges and just feeling like I I keep poking and I keep looking for the edge and every time I do, there's just more and more and more. Right. Especially in that first game, that's what brings you around for that second session.
0: Like, Ideally, yes.
1: I anything was possible. We could have done anything. It was just it was a story. It was an story that we're building and and I think what's so exciting in that is that you have it ingrained in you. And this is a game with rules and right. there's boundaries. Right. And that first time that you do that and you play D anD D and you that it hits you that those boundaries aren't here this time. <laughs> it's like oh shit! I like it just it just opens up and all of a sudden you start thinking about all the cool stuff that you and your friends can be doing. Um, and then you're like, okay, what are we playing next? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I am so hopeful that that is how uh, Michelle sees it. Because at this point, she had a demo. She had a, a, mm. a, a tutorial telling her, uh, here's how vaguely to play D&D. And that was it. Uh, and she didn't really uh, see the whole scope of like, like. She didn't see that it was more than just, uh, you meet somebody in a tavern, you go into a dungeon, you kill some stuff, you get some treasure done. Like, that was effectively all we did.
1: And that's enough. I think that's ideal. I think that, that how you play D&D as far as the mechanics and the rules, it, 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 that's the, that's what you spring on somebody after they're hooked. <laughs> right? You give them just enough so, for them to... By to the way, play. now you've
0: got to build your own character. Right,
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's super intimidating, you know for a first time player.
0: Oh yeah. But here's the thing, she's going to be playing to, on Saturday she's going to be playing the character that she played mm-hmm. in our game before. So I'm not making her do any extra legwork. But
1: she'll out the gate, have that that sense of persistence and yes. continuity? Yes. Which is is I think is that's great. a key part. I think it's a huge part of the Yeah. It's not like okay, well I get to play this character once like one of my favorite games then one of both of our favorite games is betrayal in the house in the hill right?
0: oh yeah that is a great game
1: um but i don't have any sense that was it little billy or whatever i think it is is yeah one of the names is gonna persist from you know my actions are gonna persist from one game to the next
0: no in fact every time it starts up you're like erase everything you've right. thought before and let's start completely over with exactly the same characters
1: um and it's another one of those things where it's it's an empowering moment where you realize, oh well, I get to keep going with this character. What I do two games before matters right. in this game. Right. It's not this closed system where I, I win or lose, and it doesn't matter if I win or lose because none of that will carry over to the next session. <laughs> it, it carries over.
0: Yeah, and that obviously has nothing to do with theater of the mind,
1: <laughs>
0: but I guess. Uh, why the hell do why, I just? I guess I wanted to give people context if they're going to listen to the actual play if I actually post the actual play that we do on right. Saturday, which I probably will because um, it's content. Hopefully, it's yeah. Hopefully,
1: hopefully it's not left, right.
0: Yes, no. <laughs> Me sitting there describing things for like six minutes and then you guys saying no.
1: I don't know what, okay, what, do you want what, to go what, down what this do you, way? What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And just crunch, crunch, crunch and Doritos. And... <laughs> Sound
0: of rolling dice.
1: Yeah. I, I why, are you, why are you rolling? I'm rolling to know what to do. <laughs> all
0: right. Obviously, we have talked. <laughs> We've talked. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Hey, all. Another update on the Knowledge History D&D series. I've finished writing the next episode but I'm aiming to finish the next three before starting recording and editing. Once I know the release schedule, I'll let you know on Twitter. Our next discussion episode, we're comparing and contrasting the industries of sports, esports, and streaming tabletop. We'll be joined by our friend and colleague, Ben Krickenberger. As always, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so on Twitter at Dungeon underscore tangent, or go to our website, dungeonsandtangents.net that's all for this episode thank you very much for joining us